Hello there, and greetings to you. Welcome to Duel of the Takes, the movie and pop culture podcast that pins the wildest, most unpopular opinions head-to-head. This week, we're conducting a bracket-style debate to determine the greatest WWE superstar of all time. Due to Jory and Alden's vacation, we are joined by a squadron of guests. Mikhail Baden, host of the M2J2 Project, Jeffrey Butcher, a frequent collaborator on this channel, and Robert Valentine, our biggest fan from across the pond and longtime supporter of our content. My name's Nathaniel Martin, and I am joined by my regular co-host, Joshua Kubis. Duel of the Takes is brought to you by our sponsors, Anchor.fm, the easiest way to podcast, and PRR Den, luxury, Italian-style timepieces. All right, everyone. I'm letting Josh take the lead on this. We are missing two of our hosts, so this is going to be a wild episode. Josh, take it away from here, man. Oh, we have a stacked graphic of the 32 greatest, I should say 31 greatest wrestlers of all time and Bob Backlund. Now we're here. We have some exciting guests. This is going to be a very different duel of the takes. Our panel has three special guests. We have my friend Mikhail from, I almost said D-Large Films, but it's not... (laughs) Not the large anymore. We got the M2J2 project in the house tonight. Oh, that sounded like it sounded bad. Do I sound okay? We're also joined by a friend of our content for years now. Uh, he is the admin of Star Wars Wrestling Lore Core and John Wick Core. It's Mr. Robert. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fine, thank you. And we have a good friend of Nate, a person that i met he has some wild takes about french fries if you know if you're a fan of the channel it's it's jeff how you doing i'm doing good man thank you so much for having me jeff welcome to the main show it feels great to be out of the clip show i'm glad that i made it to the majors after all these years i've created this bracket to determine the greatest wwe superstar of all time i'm gonna say that because i'm sure there's gonna be a comment that says where's kenny omega where's this w it is wwe if they didn't make a huge impact under the World Wrestling Entertainment Empire, they are not on this bracket. Sorry, New Japan fans. That's what I got. When you sent me the all the participants, I got so pissed Okada wasn't on there. But yeah, we're just doing it under the WWE umbrella to make things simple. Let's kick things off with some two old school guys. We got Bruno San Martino going up against Bob Backlund. All right, Bruno Backlund, three, two. One. It's Bruno, baby. Bruno. 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 To be fair, Backlund was the one who beat Bruno after seven years. That is true. Yes, that's true. I will die on this hill saying Bob Backlund is the greatest transitional champion of all time. Next round, the mega powers are imploding. You got Hulk Hogan going up against Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh fuck! Oh god, this is difficult. That's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Three. Two, one. Macho Man. Hogan. Randy Savage. I'm going to say Macho Man. I think I'm going with Hogan. How many How many Macho Man did we have? I was a Macho. Uh, I said Macho Man. I was also Macho Man. Whoa. I was a Hogan. Three to two. Interesting. This is a hard one. I'll start with Nate. Why Macho over Hogan? Because I we think we should talk about this. Oh, definitely. I don't know a whole lot about this era of wrestling. I do know that Hulk was extremely dominant in this time. We're talking the first, what, three, four, five years of, of WrestleMania. It was pretty much the Hulk Hogan show. I think uh, without 
Macho Man Randy Savage, I don't think WWE or WWF at the time would have evolved as a brand. I think his gimmick is a lot stronger. Just feel like Macho Man Randy Savage played the heel and played the face so well with being the same character, whereas Hulk was just kind of himself. Like, kayfabe-wise, he pretty much was just playing himself. The dude's extremely wild, surrounded in controversy. He's been removed from the WWE Hall of Fame. And added back. On multiple occasions. Eric Bischoff, he's back. I would rather have a Slim Jim, if I'm being honest. And also, I think he's just better in the ring. His match against uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat at WrestleMania 3, it's one of the greatest mid-card matches of all time. I'm not angry Macho Man's moving on. I I think it's, I think it's going to cause a little controversy in the comments, but oh yeah, if any of our dads watch this, they're going to absolutely hate that take. Uh, before we move on, just a quick shout out to Hogan's cameo in Gremlins Two. What about Hogan in Suburban Commando? It's amazing. <laughs> Y'all are seeing Mr. Nanny? Yeah, Mr. Nanny. <laughs> I have not seen that. It's like a mix between Mrs. Doubtfire and Mr. Mom. It was starring Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Loki, a, a dog gets killed for real on screen during Mr. Nanny in the background. Holy shit! The dog fucking dies. Yeah, I've seen that gif. I couldn't tell if it was like, if the dog actually died or not. Holy shit. That's horrible. Yeah, that dog's dead. Speaking of dead guys, we got Andre the Giant versus the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, fuck. Three, two, one, Andre. Andre. It's Andre. Andre. Think an Ultimate Warrior on this one. I said Andre. What's your, uh, what's your Ultimate Warrior take, Mikhail, even though Andre's moving on? I'm just not a fan of Jim Helwig as a person. The energy there in the entrance is great, but wrestling has never been his strong suit, and that's kind of a big important part of it. So I gotta go with Andre. Andre continued to work. He was on his deathbed wrestling Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 3. I gotta give it to him. So we all said, I thought you said Ultimate Warrior. I feel like Ultimate Warrior is such a strong technical wrestler, especially for his time. I mean, yeah, it's Andre. His, uh, I still gotta watch his documentary on HBO that Bill Simmons produced. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it was very oh, good. Oh, it's so good. This one's a tough one for me. We got Rowdy Roddy Piper versus Brett the Hitman Hart. This is the closest one so far for me. Three, two, one. Piper. Piper. Brett. I gotta go with Piper. I'm going with Brett. Brett is the ultimate workhorse. You cannot find a wrestler who is willing to put in more than Bret Hart. But when you talk about a superstar, I genuinely don't think anybody exemplified that better than Roddy Piper. That's true, too. Till the day he went, that man continuously was the biggest loudmouth asshole on that ring, and he was incredible at it. It's why I love him. Probably one of the greatest heels of all time. I think Roddy might be the greatest heel of all time but the reason why i chose brett is because when i think of roddy i think of a lot of great moments but when i think of brett i think of great matches like him versus owen him versus sean like there's so many i think brett hart's career would have been so much cooler if went 2003 he like never wrestled again like his comeback kind of like 2010 like he took a lot out of it that was mad embarrassing for brett that was embarrassing for brett he looked like a clown like in hindsight like now like is taker really retired are we gonna see him wrestle again we don't really know but for its time brett hart's comeback was like a big moment that just shit its pants. Didn't need to happen. Dude had a fucking stroke, and then he was like, yeah, I think I'll wrestle again. Like, what are you doing? What are you, Jerry the King? <laughs> uh, I went for Piper, yeah. So it's three for Piper? Damn, that's such a hot take. Interesting. I love him. He's just such a lovable asshole. We got two hot takes already. This is, my expectations have already been subverted. This, this is truly a duel. 
It is. Oh, takes. You guys should call the podcast that. Yeah, we will. Uh, we got Ric Flair versus Kevin Nash, Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Wow, we're about to have a hot take here, I bet. Three, two, one. Flair. Ric Flair. Flair. It's fucking Ric Flair. So easy. If Roddy Piper isn't the best heel of all time, it's Ric Flair. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Nash has one has maybe my favorite finisher of all time, the Jackknife Powerbomb, but that's not enough to... It's just a powerbomb. No, the Jackknife Powerbomb is awesome when you see both Bret Hart, when you see Bret Hart sell it. Yes. Oh, yeah, he goes fucking flying. Yeah, it's amazing. You mentioned Bret Hart selling. Now I kind of want to go back on the Roddy Piper date. <laughs> 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 I just really like They Live, okay? They Live is awesome. Speaking of the best sellers, we got Shawn Michaels. Oh my oh god. Versus Mick Foley. This should not have been a round one. I completely agree. Both of these guys could have taken this quadrant of the bracket on their own. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know about that because like, Mick Foley was in an era where you had Stone Cold, The Undertaker, The Rock. He was always the fourth or fifth best guy on Raw, and that's not his fault. But he was in an—he was probably in perhaps the best era for main event talent. But he's—he's just—he's so memorable because he did. Well, that's why he's so good, though, because he stands out amongst all these guys that are notorious for being the best of all time. And he just did so much crazy shit, and the, the free faces to Foley is so awesome. Like, ah, oh, this is difficult. I'm not having trouble with this one at all. I know my pick. Yeah, your pick's Shawn Michaels, and I probably agree with you, but <laughs> Mick Foley is so fucking good at selling. Yeah. Exactly. But you gotta think, like, how many times was Mick Foley just like, yo, just beat me up for real? Like, he got thrown off the top of a 20-fucking-foot thing. For real, like, they thought he was dead. There's so many moments where where you think, holy shit, is Mick Foley dead? Like, it just happens so often. It's mad. The Heartbreak Kid's gotta win. Was his eye a little bit fucked up? Yeah, of course it was, dude. This is this was circa 2018. Of course it was. Sean's got to move on, but we definitely and I, we'll talk about Sean later on. But like, uh, we got to give like mad props to like Mick Foley for like. Of course. Even though I know we're going Sean, I gotta give him at least a vote. I'd also go for Mick. You gotta give that man mad respect. The guy was the guy was definitely going to be just a straight up ECW star. But he elevated himself. He got past that hump where you didn't you didn't need to look like a bodybuilder. Mick Foley is reasons why we have wrestlers like Kevin Owens now who could like go in and make an impact. Ray Wyatt, yeah. Fuck Kevin Owens. Foley's a legend. Don't even try to like say that Mick Foley walks so Kevin Owens could. Kevin Owens definitely swims with his shirt on. I'm just saying he inspired a generation of wrestlers. Oh, entirely. Kevin Owens is definitely like watching TV and he's like, all right, next week I gotta go get in shape to be a wrestler. And then Mick Foley debuted that week and he was like, actually, I think I'll just wrestle in a pair of boxers and a loose-fitting t-shirt. Speaking of which, Mikhail, you had quite the wrestling match last week. Yes, I did. Thank you for mentioning. I'm a second-generation wrestler. My dad was also a wrestler on the indies. Yeah, I had a wrestling match. Is Gus the Savage on this bracket? Up next, speaking of big shows, we got Stone Cold Steve Austin versus the world's largest athlete, The Big Show. Three, two, 
one. Stone Cold! Stone Cold. By God, I it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. But I will lay some hot takes on the Big Show where I think in a lot of ways the Big Show is better than Andre the Giant where yeah. in the middle of his life he probably like could have died in like 2006 but the dude changed his life and now like he's in incredible shape for his height. Every time he comes back I'm always in awe of how much he can actually move in the ring and he's, he's never afraid to put young guys over. I was lucky enough to go to the first NXT show outside of Florida when they did the Arnold Classic. Big Show had come out right after that whole ironclad contract thing that he had signed, you know, where he was heel and everything like that. He literally turned the entire crowd into chanting 10 more years for this man. I know it's one of those he had to be there, but dear God, that might have been one of the most funny wrestling moments I've ever experienced. I have a massive love for Big Show and the talent he brings, but it's got to be Austin. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Funny you should mention that they cheered that at the big show because I recently, I, well, not recently, I saw him at a live event in 2015 and people booed him the fuck out of the building. People do not respect Big Show's work ethic at all. Speaking of hot takes, up next we got the Brothers of Destruction going at it. Undertaker versus Kane. Three. This is just dumb. Here we go. Three, two, one. Undertaker. Undertaker. It's Undertaker. It's so easily Taker. You've got Undertaker versus Boneless Undertaker. Like, I don't even know what you're doing right now. I feel like if you ask somebody in 1999, it would be an actual debate because I feel like Undertaker's gimmick was really, when it came to popularity, um, right before the American Badass gimmick. And when Kane came in, it did feel like a breath of fresh air. And I know... Oh, yeah, he was going to be like the new Undertaker, yeah. There is a lot to respect when it comes to the Kane character. That's why I chose that Kane in the tournament instead of, like, Bald Kane or, like, any other corporate Kane. Oh, you don't you don't want Congress Kane? Mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. When he made his debut at Bad Blood in that first ever Hell in a Cell match, which I still think is the greatest Hell in a Cell match of all time, hot take. Iconic moment. Yeah, it's a good match. Yeah, under it's the best Undertaker, the second best Undertaker Shawn Michaels match. <laughs> Maybe third. I don't know. Both those WrestleMania matches are pretty good. We're on the other side of the bracket. Now we're moving in more towards ruthless aggression. We've gotten out of the Attitude Era a little bit, but we got one more Attitude Era star. This one's a little tough for me. The Rock versus Eddie Guerrero. Three, two. One. Eddie's going over. Eddie. The Rock. I'm sorry. It's got to be Rocky. I'm going to vote The Rock. I'm voting The Rock. I'm with Eddie. Eddie's going over. I'm with Eddie. I want Rocky. I have a massive, massive respect for Mr. Guerrero. However, I feel like The Rock is just an insurmountable talent, not only to WWE, but also just to the world. I mean, he's the biggest actor on the planet now, and that would not have happened if it wasn't for him being the superstar he was. Why I chose The Rock over Eddie Guerrero is my favorite Eddie Guerrero matches were not in WWE. Right. Yeah. I think that's ultimately why I chose The Rock, based on, like, The Rock is... I mean, he's got to be top three, top two greatest on Mike talents. His movie career has kind of overshadowed his wrestling career, but his three matches with Stone Cold, holy shit, the like the promo video of Stone Cold and The Rock for WrestleMania 17, they made Limp Biscuit look cool. Limp Biscuit is cool, first of all. Limp Biscuit is cool. I don't know about that. They did their best. My vote for Eddie was mostly for in-ring capability. Ge genuinely good actor. I, I think we're talking about superstars here. That's a really good point. Way more superstar potential. But if we're looking at the wrestling technicality, dude, Eddie Guerrero puts on way better shows. He might not have the best on-mic skill, 
But the, I don't think we saw the, that man at the peak of his career. I don't think he ha- he had peaked yet. Peaked when Edge started to become a main eventer. If he had, they would have had a great rivalry. It would have been amazing. Edge, even if he still like wrestled as a part timer, like say now, if he went up against like a Seth Rollins, it'd be a pretty solid match. The the charismatic enigma, Jeff Hardy, going up against uh Goldberg. Fuck Goldberg. Three, two, one. Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. That's gotta be Hardy. There we go. This is the greatest WWE bracket. Gold Goldberg's WWE run in the mid two thousands was awful. His match against Brock Lesnar was one of the worst WrestleMania matches of all time. I got a hot take on Goldberg. Dude is a fucking embarrassment to pro wrestling. I also think Jeff Hardy's extremely overrated. Did everybody vote for Jeff instead of Nate? Um, I didn't vote at all. Oh, I thought you said Goldberg. For the record, you can say I voted Goldberg. I just I just wanted to make sure people knew I don't really care for Jeff Hardy. Matt Hardy, high-key, or low-key, I guess, better than Jeff Hardy. That's a high-key, my friend. We'll, we'll talk about that later. No, we won't. <laughs> Matt Hardy's not on here. Well, I, I'm going to praise Jeff Hardy in, in, in the next round, but... Yeah, I am as well. Chris Jericho versus Rey Mysterio. I'm going to grab a beer while we debate this, because there, there's no way we'll do it. I'm grabbing a beer also. Yeah, this is probably going to be one of the hardest rounds for a lot of us, because I, I, I love Rey Mysterio. He was one of my favorite talents when I was growing up, but the amount of respect i have for chris but as an in-ring performer that man still can kill personally feel like chris jericho's got my vote a little bit the slightest bit over ray mysterio you can give him anything and jericho makes it work he's, he's that good i think jericho now is a little bit annoying so he ray has an edge on him there yeah i'm gonna cast my vote now for ray mysterio and that's not any disrespect to chris jericho i think chris jericho is probably one of the best promo cutters of all time up there with the rock i think he's a great in-ring talent but where mysterio takes it for me is in embracing that like luchador Uh, aesthetic and taking it beyond a gimmick but his wrestling style and technique is so unique especially in today's wwe roster when he made a comeback in 2017 or 2018 in that royal rumble he was in the best shape of his fucking career he looked he looked fucking incredible yeah like jericho you're like uh i don't know if he's as good of a wrestler as he was in like 2008 but Ray, I don't think there's ever been an, a, a period where Ray hasn't been the same level. What I like about Jericho a lot is that he was never afraid to change his gimmicks. Like his entire gimmick change in 2008 is some of the best heel work WWE's ever seen. Yeah, he would just completely remake himself. He'd get rid of everything people liked about him if he was turning heel. He's had some of the best underdog stories in the history of WWE. And the only time the dude ever got booed was in the 2014 Royal Rumble, and that that was not his fault. <laughs> Everyone wanted, uh, expected Daniel Bryan, and then out comes poor Ray. Can't believe Daniel Bryan's on this fucking list. My vote, just based on like popularity, in-ring ability, because he's been part of some of my favorite matches of all time. Sometimes against Chris Jericho, I'm I, I'm going with Ray. I'll go with Ray. I'm going with Ray. Oh, all right. Ray's going over, brother. This next one's also going to be interesting. We got the Rated R Superstar Edge going up against the Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle. This isn't up for contention. It's fucking Edge. I don't know. (laughs) Today, I got to vote for Edge. Guys, watch the fucking movie Money Plane. It's Edge. (laughs) These two guys were part of the SmackDown 6 that, like, these guys, like, care. That's why I put Jericho, Ray, Edge, and Angle in the same quadrant, because I feel like these guys really carried the B-show in the two thousands i mean kurt angle i mean he's also had some of like 
some iconic matches, but problem is we run into Kurt Angle is he spent more years in TNA than in WWE, actually. Well, what happens when Kurt Angle shows up nowadays? Everyone laughs and turns into a meme. What happens when Edge shows up nowadays? It's badass. It's cool. Oh, people lose that shit. Yeah. I think that's part of Kurt Angle's resiliency is that he's able to come, like, he's able to be funny and still be a main event heel. He makes himself look like an absolute asshole. <laughs> I did choose a really interesting photo, too. Edge is one of those wrestlers who has a very, like, prominent gimmick and has a very, like, he stands out so much in, like, this, this current roster. Like, Edge is such a good wrestler and such a good character. I mean, he's usually a heel nine times out of ten, but he will always be over with the fans. Yeah. I feel like Kurt Angle's character is very timeless. Well, I think pre-2010 Edge was probably the hottest heel, where, like, you, because of his thing with Vicky Guerrero, like, you wanted to hate him. Like, it was so good. But also, Kurt Angle had that. I mean, they were literally... They literally chanted, you suck, with his theme song as he walked down. That Kurt Angle, yeah. Well, that's because he sucks. In my opinion, hot take here, sidebar, Angle versus Lesnar, like top five greatest feuds of all time. I might agree. I gotta go with Angle on this one. I'm still not decided. What did everybody vote? Edge. Uh, I want Edge. Edge, hard Edge. Everybody voted for Edge except me. You can, you can save this, Josh. You can go Kurt Angle and persuade me. Yeah, it's three, it's three to two. He's still just so cool, man. I mean, his return at the Rumble was one of the most coolest things they've done recently. Like, it's just it's so good. Angle definitely has more lows than Edge does. Edge definitely at least was always like, Edge was always consistently, once he got to the main event, he kind of never left when you think about it. Speaking of the guy that beat Edge, we got John Cena going up against Brock Lesnar. Three, two, one. Cena. 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 I'll, I'll say Brock Lesnar for like the meme. I'll say Brock Lesnar for the sake of the argument. Brock Lesnar, when he first started in the early 2000s, I think was one of the most well-booked wrestlers of all time. His SummerSlam match against The Rock is one of the greatest SummerSlam main events of all time. We talked about his feud with Kurt Angle, one of the best, but then he abruptly left at his peak and then he comes back to a monster ovation after WrestleMania 28, then gets beat by Cena, ironically. And then after that, it was kind of a roller coaster for a little bit. So he had that really odd feud with Triple H that nobody liked, but it went on for like a year. He ends the Undertaker streak and it's like, whoa. And then he gets this, this monster push. They put all these WWE championships on him. He has these really awkward feuds with Roman Reigns. But at the same time, when Brock Lesnar cares... He puts on stellar matches. His match against AJ, even his first match against Roman, I would say is Roman's best match to date. Yes. John Cena, like him or not, he is on that Mount Rushmore, at least the past 20 years of wrestling. As much as it pains me to say, 2010 me to say, I think Cena should continue. Went through a roller coaster with Cena. I think Cena should go. I, I really hated Cena as, like, even as a little kid. I hated that belt so much. I thought it was so fucking ugly. Always the heel kid. I always liked the heels. I Wade Barrett, who's English, so of course I love him at the time. And then he beats the Nexus at SummerSlam, and I hated Cena for years after because of that. I just hated him. Even though I didn't know any of the booking or any of that, I just hated him because he beat Wade Barrett. Cena won me back in those AJ Styles matches. I'm going to be completely honest here. I don't really care too much for either one of these guys. Um, I think John Cena is more interesting as a name than he is as an in-ring talent. When he was first coming up, no one really expected too much out of him. His character was really weak. Talent. His early promos are fucking up 
abysmal. If I were John Cena, I'd try to get those taken off the network. Like they're yes, they're really bad. But also, can you guys name me anybody that's done more for WWE's brand image in the past twenty five years than Cena? That's kind of where I'm heading with this. Is that John Cena is the current Undertaker? Or John Cena is wrestling. Yeah. When Brock does care, he puts on way better matches than Cena at the peak of his career. Yeah. I will also say that Paul Heyman being uh, Brock's manager is so fun to watch. And so essential, I feel like. That whole like aesthetic of wrestlers having managers at ringside and things like that, it is, one, perfect for a heel like Brock Lesnar, and two is something that they don't do often enough anymore. Oh, definitely. That No Mercy match was such a meme. The promo going into that match was so good. <laughs> and that match sucked. When Cena just stood in the ring and, like, helped the crowd make fun of Roman Reigns. I want to say 2015 to Cena now is really fascinating to me because, like, He'll put on these like stellar matches against Cesaro now, and you but you would never see that in like his peak. It's like I feel like his career is backwards. I think he's more self-aware now than he, what he was in the two thousands. Cena now, he would have uh, put more people over. I think. I think that the turning point for Cena is when he started talking to the camera in his entrance, saying John Cena is like wrestling recently kind of sold me. It would be really weird for him to at least not make it to the next round. This next one is mighty interesting for me because these are. Two of two of my personal favorites. We got Triple H Mine too. going up against Randy Orton, two former Evolution members. I thought that was Daniel Bryan, not Triple H. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> we know who wins this one. We know who wins. Is it Randall Keith Orton? Randall Keith Orton, yes, of course. Uh oh, I'm gonna have a hot button on this one. We just talked about how Cena's been recent wrestling, but we have Randy Orton right behind him that's been carrying this fucking company for like 14 years. <laughs> Yeah. The RKO is just so iconic. People who don't even watch wrestling know what it is. Because it's just, it's so cool the way it comes out of nowhere and flattens someone. The problem with Triple H is that he's always going to be second fiddle to Sean, no matter what. I gotta go with Triple H on this one. I feel like if we're going off Superstar, off Superstar, Triple H has done a lot for the brand in the past decade, especially out of the ring. Especially NXT. Yeah, he's made that into a, an absolute gem, not as a superstar, as a backstage talent. And I really do think that's a big distinction. For me, as much as I would love to go Triple H, I feel like our, uh, Randy has just really kind of carried this for a long time. He's my favorite thing about Raw each week. He's so good. I'm actually very excited for a SummerSlam match. I actually want him to I want him to beat Drew. Drew, Drew is arguably my, my favorite main roster talent, but I want Orton to beat him because I want that match hopefully when crowds come back autumn versus drew for the title because that would be amazing if you told me like five years ago that i in 2020 i would want randy orton still winning the wwe title i would have said you were crazy but he's had an awesome year this won't happen for years but if they do do a drew versus autumn event in england that crowd will go absolutely mental it'd be like when drew did his uh his pop-up surprise at uh oh god what was that show in scotland um icw yeah oh my god man it's one of the biggest wrestling pops i've ever heard it'll be absolutely mental like i've been to nxt uk tapings if that's how we are for the developmental brand we would go absolutely insane 
for that main event. But I do want to hear Mikhail's take on Triple H before we have a final decision. How many Blade movies has Randy Orton been in? <laughs> None. So Triple H has got to beat there. First of all, Triple H has some of the most iconic catchphrases. In my opinion, he has he delivered one of the most underrated promos and has the coolest nickname. The game is just such a fucking cool nickname. Yeah, it is. Like when he's talking to JR, and he's like, I am the fucking game. That's such a cool moment. When he comes back from that quad injury at the Garden, like, that is one of the most iconic Raw moments of all time. And he's got such iconic themes as well. Like, the game, uh, King of Kings, they're just, they're so good. They add so much to the character. My thing about Triple H is that I know Cody Rhodes gets criticized for doing this now, and I think it's valid that they criticize him. When Cody Rhodes beats everybody, it's not believable. Even if Triple H is booking himself to beat all these guys, I still think that Triple H beat The Undertaker. If it's Cody Rhodes just beating up some schlub, I'm sure that's just his friend that he pulled out to, to wrestle him one. Because it's also the thing, though, that Triple H was also losing quite frequently. Like, he wasn't, like, constantly winning. He would lose, like, every match leading up to it to make it look like Triple H is just a, a chicken shit and he's not going to win. And then he, he, like, does some crazy dirty shit. I gotta go with Triple H. But if we're talking about gimmicks, the Legend Killer gimmick is one of my favorite heel gimmicks of all time. I don't really care too much for pro wrestling but one person that keeps me somewhat interested is randy orton because as someone who was a very very uh casual fan of wwe uh he's just one of those names that sticks around and unlike other people like john cena or the rock his loyalty to the brand is even greater than that of sure triple h has gotten all these great opportunities and doing stuff behind the scenes and don't get me wrong he does those things extremely well he's a great team player he's also a great writer for the show that's only half of the job the other half is making matches worth watching week after week randy orton has done that his whole career and he's gonna keep on doing it until he can no longer wrestle he is truly a old school bret hart-esque wrestler who is carrying the show right now i think randy orton's got to move on but mad respect to triple h he's one of the greats hey you yeah, you. You want to help support Duel of the Takes and look sexy as all hell doing it? Well, we have a great offer for you. Right now, Pierre Arden is offering a special deal on their whole inventory of European-style timepieces and wristwatches for our fans. Head over to pierrearden.com and use promo code NATEM25 at checkout to get 25% off your order. At Pierre Arden, their focus is to design cutting-edge timepieces alongside precision manufacturing, making every watch a true masterpiece to be proud of. I'm a sucker for a good deal, so I bought one myself. The Complaiso, which is currently on sale for $30 off its regular price. Plus, with promo code NATEM25 at checkout, you'll save an additional 25% off your order. You'll be walking away with a great fashion accessory and a way to keep time without pulling out your phone. All for a great deal. Again, head over to PierreArden.com. That's P-I-E-R-R-E-A-R-D-E-N dot C-O-M to pick out a nice watch for yourself or a loved one, and use promo code NATEM25 at checkout. Save 25% off your order. It helps the show, and it'll help you make an impression wearing a sexy new timepiece on your wrist. Next up, we got the Battle of the Indie Darlings. We got CM Punk going up against Daniel Bryan. So before I even count down, because we had a conversation before, Jeff... Please try to explain to the panel why you think Daniel Bryan is better than CM Punk. 
man, I don't know. I. <laughs> you won't be able to convince me. I agree, though. Uh-oh. CM Punk was, and I still think, I started watching wrestling, I'm not even joking, the month after he won the championship in Chicago. That's when I started watching wrestling for myself. That's a good That's a good start. I remember how insanely powerful CM Punk was, because I remember my first pay-per-view was that Survivor Series, where he came out and defended the title, I think, against Del Rio. I can't remember. But that was like, holy shit, CM Punk is incredible. But you have to understand, when I was mainly watching, the biggest person for me was that Daniel Bryan push. That was one of the craziest things I had ever seen. Personally, that's why I have always felt like he's just edged him a little bit. If CM Punk stayed, if CM Punk stayed... I genuinely feel like he would edge us out very easily. But I think when you left and went to UFC and got beat by a bunch of jobbers in real life, lost a lot for me. And I know that's not in the WWE. You leave you leave Mickey from UFC alone. He's going to be a star. I think Daniel <laughs> Bryan, just as a character, tells a much better story than CM Punk was. The character is very inspiring and exciting to watch. As a person, I think that Phil Brooks is a crybaby. There's an adult way to handle the situation he was in. Not only that, he could have gotten a lot of money out of it oh he could have gotten so much money and he just decided to be a little child and make a dumb decision like he's gonna be we are going to see cm punk come back no we are we totally are everyone comes back (laughs) bret hart came back and that's how cm punk is gonna come back and it's gonna disappoint so many fucking people he's gonna be way too old it's gonna be awkward as hell it's gonna suck because he's not like a, a, a hothead young guy anymore, so it's not going to be cool when he is beating all of the other young guys. It's going to be embarrassing for him. I think he should have swallowed his pride and stuck it out. I think Daniel Bryan has ha- had one of the best storylines of the 2010s going into WrestleMania 30 in 2014. they joke. We jokingly called that era the reality era, but that was the one time where it actually felt that way because it felt like, as fans, actually made an impact on the decision making of who we wanted they legit thought randy orton versus batista was going to be a headlining match in 2014 like it's nuts i understand the argument for cm punk let that be clear i I, it's not that i don't hate that choice i just personally feel like it's a little different for me but i understand why you would pick cm punk randy orton batista now sounds pretty lit yeah it's weird how years later it sounds more exciting (laughs) like you're saying this to me someone who didn't watch wrestling in 2014 so like and that's probably part of the reason i don't care much for daniel bryan because like what you are saying he's so invocative of that era and of that one period in wrestling and i think that's very valid i also think that cm punk is very representative of like one chunk of the show's history where writing wasn't at its best and where booking was really suffering i don't know both these guys to me don't even feel like they compare against the rest of everyone we've selected so far. Yeah, I agree. I think they're both extremely overrated wrestlers. <laughs> that pipe bomb, like, once Raw went off the air, websites crashed, like, everybody was trying to figure out if this shit was real or not. Like, it, it that was probably the closest thing in our lifetimes to a wrestling boom. Yeah, and that's why I think CM Punk should be moving on, because his moment is way cooler within the historical context of WWE, whereas Daniel Bryan is just one really well-written character, and one stand-up guy who is probably one of the best people on this bracket, but I, I really don't fucking care. We're talking about wrestlers. We're talking about the, the characters. Even though I think CM Punk should be forward, I do want to say that what Brian did for Kofi was so good. The Kofi storyline was really good. All right, up next, we got the big dog, Roman Reigns, versus Booker T 
three, two, one. Booker T, Booker baby. T. Roman Reigns. You're an idiot. Booker T, Loki, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Yes. It, you're talking about a career as a wrestler. This guy didn't need to be like have that big moment in the sun. He just wrestled and performed like he was still working his way up there until he was done. Like Roman or not, the dude main evented like four or five WrestleManias in a row. Yeah, the worst four or five. Yeah, I would completely agree with Nate here. Well, we said his match against Brock at 31 was one of Roman's best match, if not his best match. I said it was his best match, and I'm also standing by that 31 was one of the worst WrestleManias ever. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the ones that genuinely made me stop watching, if I'm honest. I thought 31 was overall pretty good. I liked 31. Randy Orton versus Rollins? That was awesome. You got Daniel Bryan winning the Intercontinental title to kick off the show. 31 had a pretty solid card. Sting was Triple H pretty bad, though. Yeah, but, like, it's too, it's Sting and Triple H in 2015. What are you going to do? My my redeeming moment of 31 was Rusev coming out on a tank. Happy Rusev Day. That was so cool. Why the hell did Rusev now become world champion, though? That's just... When Jinder Mahal won, that was supposed to go to Rusev. No. Oh, God. Unapologetic fan of Free Man Band, but holy shit. Like, that was going to be Rusev? I understand why Booker T's moving on, because I... I think Roman is still very young in his career, but I think Roman Reigns is underrated. I think the guy does get too much hate where he has put on some pretty solid matches. His match at uh, Fastlane against Daniel Bryan in 2015 was really good and really well booked. He's not very good on the mic, but I, I think Roman still has potential to like, in a couple of years, he could be like a Cena where... He's going to start becoming self-aware and he's going to put on better matches. That's unfortunately the problem, though, is he's been around longer than Cena was before Cena finally became who he is now. I honestly think he, if he has one really good heel turn, he's going to become a lot of people's favorites, I think. He's related to some of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I feel like the Roman Reigns entrance in the booth represents a frustration towards the company, not a frustration towards Roman. They, they could easily capitalize off that, though, Roman. If he becomes this heel that just gets given opportunities he doesn't deserve, he will become a top heel in the company. But he's kind of like that now. Well, I think he's going to come back, and he, he will get cheered because he kind of said fuck it and left the company during the coronavirus. He could have easily been a yes man, but he said, no, I'm putting my family first, and I really respect that. He could have easily fucking ruined the entire, like, pandemic era of WWE by being there the whole time also. Yeah, and he's just beating everyone who's still there. He's just winning every fucking match. I don't know. I feel like in this comparison, Booker T at least was someone who was just consistent through his career. And the only thing that's consistent about Roman Reigns is that he's overbooked, and gets matches that he should True. get. No, I, I love Booker T. I just wanted to give Roman a, a little little spawn the sun because I think the guy does get a little little too much hate. I think I think his best matches, I think his best moments are ahead of him. I hope so. I hope you're right. I don't think so though. But going back to the top of this bracket, we got Bruno San Martino versus Macho Man Randy Savage. Okay, are we going to do a countdown for this, or are we debating? Are we going to say that that was the longest speed round ever? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, let's let let's let this round be an actual speed round. I, I know that left corner, we're going to have a debate, but everything else can be a speed round. Yeah, yeah, this one's going to be a speed round. Macho Man, Bruno, three, two, one. Macho Man. Macho Man. Macho Man. Macho. Bruno San Martino. Bruno's not a superstar. I'm sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we had a lot for Macho Man, but, like, when I think of Madison Square Garden, like, you think of the Knicks, you think of the 
Rangers and you also think of Bruno San Martino. No, I mean, Bruno was undefeated for years. No, that's true. Without Bruno, we wouldn't have any of this. Like, he is a superstar. I think to say that he wasn't a superstar is so offensive. Yeah, that was a clown take. I'm fine with Randy Savage moving on. That was just a very, very clown take. The Bruno argument really comes down to this dude was the greatest wrestler at a time where people still thought wrestling was real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bruno San Martino would be completely unbelievable in today's wrestling. We got Andre the Giant versus Rowdy Roddy Piper. Three, two, one. Andre. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Andre. Uh, Andre. He made event to the first WrestleMania, but like, come on. <laughs> that wasn't like a world championship match or anything. That was a, hey guys, guess who we got? Championship feud with, uh, with Hogan at the time. Nobody believed that he was going to win it. Yeah, that's true. I really think what we like judge the value of a superstar today starts with Roddy Piper having a strong character having good matches like there's definitely probably a, a chunk of the audience that would probably say Roddy Piper deserves to move on here I just I just think the the impact that Andre had is is uncontestable for me Andre is really one of the goats uh he will always be on Mount Rushmore personally speaking of Mount Rushmore you could tell me that this is like the Mount Rushmore of WWE in this left like corner and I believe you yeah that's true these next two are gonna be interesting folks um we got Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels. This is kind of easy for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Ric Flair. Shawn Michaels. Let's just do Shawn the Michaels. countdown. This being a WWE bracket, some of Ric Flair's like peak was in the NWA and WCW, but Shawn Michaels was through and through a WWF, WWE guy. Shawn had two eras in his career that were like iconic. He peaked twice. For me, I still will give this to Rick personally, but I understand your point. You make a good one there that his best matches were really not always in WWE. He was pretty old by the time he like became a regular WWE superstar when I think about it. He had that one stint in the 80s or early 90s. He won that Rumble where it was one of the best like victory promos of all time. That was a really good Rumble. That might be one of the best Royal Rumbles. We got <laughs> two icons of the uh, Attitude Era. We got Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Undertaker. I don't think we can count this one down. I'm going with Undertaker. When you say the match is anybody versus The Undertaker, your initial instinct is that The Undertaker wins. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you, got, you can't bet against The Undertaker. Stone Cold was amazing in that one era, but Undertaker was a star in like four eras. In four eras, that's completely different. The WrestleMania streak. Um, really, the one thing that Undertaker lacks is championships, but I also admire that because he kind of got so big, he kind of went beyond championships. Yeah, he was strictly a pay-per-view wrestler before guys like Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns made that something like cancerous. Yeah, that's true. He was part-time when it was cool. For me, I'm going to vote Austin personally, uh, but I understand the taker point. Also, hot take, uh, biker taker is the best taker. Interesting. I don't know if I, I think the I love Biker Taker. I'm sorry. I think the gimmick's fun, but when he went back to the Dead Man gimmick in 2005 to now. Yeah, for the WrestleMania, yeah. His matches were like peak. There's a lot of cringe moments with Biker Taker. Probably 12 years in ring experience under his belt. At that point, he was already starting to look like one of the old guys on the roster. And the fact that they gave him so, such a cheesy gimmick. Oh, it's great. He said that Stone Cold was the most important wrestler for one era but you say undertaker in 2020 and people still know what you're talking about yeah 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 i was at the skate park earlier today 
and there was a fucking eight-year-old kid on a scooter that had an Undertaker shirt on. It's 2020. Like, Undertaker hasn't really been good this kid's whole life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, I think Stone Cold changed the wrestling world forever, but Undertaker has been elevating the wrestling world for decades. I know it's a hot take. I don't really care much for Stone Cold Steve Austin. I've never once thought... He was like a standout character. Ratings were at an all-time high. The dude was carrying the show. But I think that has more to do with the the behind-the-scenes things, whereas Taker is just a main staple of WWE. I mean, you think WWE, you think probably Undertaker, if you're younger, John Cena, and if you're older, Hulk. And Stone Cold, I don't want to call him a coward, but he kind of left WWE like a coward. I don't know if you guys know the story on how he left. Just like CM Punk did. No, he just left because he didn't want to wrestle Brock. Uh, he didn't want to wrestle Brock on TV because he wanted he wanted more money to do it. The next week, Vince goes on Raw and saying that Austin took his ball and ran with it. I was like, damn. That's cold. That's almost as cold as Mr. Coldstone Steve Austin himself. Thanks, Mike Tyson. We got The Rock against Jeff Hardy. Oh, boy. That's a pretty easy one. One, two, three. Three, two, three, two, one. Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. It's The Rock. 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 Are you kidding me, guys? Really? Oh, no. It's going to be Jeff. What did Mikhail say? I said Jeff Hardy. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Are you serious? No, I'm not. All right. All right. Hold on. This is where I talk about Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy growing up was my favorite wrestler of all time. So I'm going to have a bias. But when it comes to Jeff Hardy, where went from a backyard wrestler to like a main event star, where almost like we talked about how Mick Foley was like how he could relate to the fans. Jeff Hardy was the 2000s version of that. Yeah. Nobody was hotter in the late 2000s than Jeff Hardy. This was the only superstar in that era that surpassed John Cena in t-shirt sales, like any kind of merchandise. He would have the biggest crowd reaction of anybody else. You ask anybody around my age what they remember about wrestling growing up, a Jeff Hardy will be brought up. Some kind of Jeff Hardy memory. And his dope-ass theme song. The theme song, like kids be wearing the wristbands, like Jeff Hardy... Is, was iconic, still iconic. When you ask people about wrestling that aren't really into wrestling, one of the questions they will ask you is like, yo, Jeff Hardy just came back, right? It's a shame that he personal demons uh, kind of derailed his career and he couldn't stay in WWE a lot. The Rock's career kind of like has been overshadowed by Hollywood. That's why I don't really have a problem with Jeff Hardy moving on. I know that's an incredibly hot take, but when it comes to pure WWE stardom, Jeff Hardy was so over. As a wrestler that you could do more with, it's Jeff Hardy. I feel like the, they never really got to finish what they were doing with The Rock. Like, he got, like, sweeped up into Hollywood and got sweeped up into bigger projects. But that's how everybody ends. That's really not how everybody ends. A lot of the people that go to Hollywood after Dwayne The Rock Johnson do it because it makes more money actually the rock went to hollywood and then came back and did a hollywood type gimmick and it's actually my favorite version of the rock i think yeah yeah it's a very yeah it's a great gimmick which i agree is really cool it's a lot less cooler when edge and the miz also did it for the shape of modern wrestling dwayne the rock johnson is the mold to break from and if you think jeff hardy is the thing that kind of broke through that him selling more merch than john cena is a cool fact and i do think it's important that he is extremely resonant with our generation i just feel like the rock has a lot more potential to eventually come back to. 
I don't really think what they're doing with like Jeff Hardy now or what they could do with Jeff Hardy now even really matters. The best thing they did with bringing him back was do like a documentary about his like downfall and, and relapse into drug abuse. And personally, he's he's done. Like, there's nothing to look forward to with Jeff Hardy now. Yeah, there's there's no there's no there's not going to be any big comeback for Jeff Hardy. There's not going to be any write off in the sunset. He's kind of just going to linger. But there doesn't really need to be. Like, I was in the crowd at WrestleMania 33 when the Hardys came back. That crowd reaction was the loudest I've ever been in attendance. Uh, when I was in Philly when he beat CM Punk for the world title, and like everyone was like on their feet. There was nobody booing in that crowd. Like he just had like I don't know. When it comes to the younger audience, I feel like he just had that it factor that everybody was attracted to. I appreciate Jeff Hardy. Maybe it's because of when I came in, Jeff Hardy was you know kind of a little too drugged out to be on television. So maybe that's why I. (laughs) He was always like that. Also, that was TNA. That was not WWE. He was so drugged up that they came up with the final deletion. Like, that's out of the, the, the Hardy Boys drugged up minds came the final deletion. Which is overrated and really cheesy. Shout out, shout out to Heroin for that one. Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, we're not going to be able to keep that in, but that was a great quote. No, we can shout out to Heroin. It's... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just lost a really good friend to Heroin like four days ago. It's great. It was three to two for Hardy still, right? Was anybody swayed? We can keep it three to two. Jeff Hardy can move on. I'm jobbing Jeff Hardy the next round so hard. Uh, we're talking about the SmackDown 6 again. We got Rey Mysterio going up against Edge. Three, two, one. Edge. Rey Mysterio. Edge. Uh, Rey Mysterio? Rey Mysterio? Edge. Yeah, I'm going with Rey. I think either one of these guys could take it. I like both of them. I just think the athleticism that Rey Mysterio has always brought to the match is really cool in comparison to a lot of the rest of the roster. That whole kayfabe, is wrestling real, is it not? You sometimes believe it when Rey Mysterio is in the ring. And when a wrestler that's as gimmick gimmick heavy as Edge, you kind of know it's all like he's he's overdoing it a little bit. He's just so iconic, though. He he is really iconic. And I do like the character of Edge way more than Rey Mysterio. But, I mean, come on. I love Edge. But once again, back to the Jeff Hardy argument, Rey was also up there when it comes to popularity. And, like, there was... Connecting with people. He, there was definitely a like, connection with the audience. Rivalry we saw many times in our childhood as we got John Cena versus Randy Orton. Three, two, one. Randy Orton. Cena. Randall Keith Orton. Cena. Randall Keith Orton. You heard it here, folks. It's Randy Orton. No. Why would I? I want to hear Jeff's take. I really could not get into RKO Randy Orton. I just, it really wasn't a thing for me personally. I respect what he's done. I know now he's doing more, but to be fair, it's still not enough to get me to come back and watch. It really isn't. John Cena, even though I obviously love to hate him like everyone else, let's be real. He really is the it guy and still is. He can come back and get any crowd around the world you you started watching in 2011 right jeff when it comes to the in-ring performance of randy orton though that was peak his rivalry with christian was like awesome and it was against christian (laughs) i think randy orton's just done a lot more when it comes to helping out young talent and i just i just like him more he's got a he's got a better move set i'm gonna take an rko over over an fu or an attitude adjustment any day it's just that unpredictable unpredictability factor about everything like trying to eke out a win and then Orton just basically just kills them. 
it's it's just awesome. I understand Cena's done a lot. I really respect of how many like wishes he's granted when it comes to charities and oh, everything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's awesome. Really good. I think that's tremendous. I think he's he's a great guy to have under the uh WWE umbrella just based on in ring and just what I'm just more what I want more from a professional wrestler, it's Randy Orton. I do think Randy Orton deserves the spot over John Cena here. Um, but I think the impact that Cena's leaving on the industry is very notable. I guess my question is for you guys, what would you like to see from a a Cena comeback or like the next WrestleMania, Cena's in the main event, like arc-wise, what left do you think there is to do with John Cena? So I think that the only way for both of these guys to go out, and I know they probably don't agree, uh, with this. We need John Cena versus AJ Styles at WrestleMania for the WWE title one-on-one the loser retires. Interesting. Okay, well then I'd want AJ Styles to retire. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, that's not the match to retire John Cena. But, but that's the thing, that's the John Cena moment where John Cena becomes the greatest of all time because he breaks the record and he retires his like the, this storied rivalry between these two. Like, no matter what, it is over here. These two will never see each other again. That's how I feel about if they do Cena versus Orton. I like your Cena-Orton idea significantly better. Yeah. I don't know. I, I love those AJ matches so much. What I hope from Cena in the Twilight years now is that, and I think it's ultimately up to the booking of WWE itself, is that they don't have another John Cena right now. But once they once they figure out who their next star is, that's when you have them him go against Cena. All right, shot in the dark. Everybody guess who it's going to be. All right, I have a very interesting answer because he's really new. I think we have the same answer. I'm going to say Austin Theory. Oh, I was thinking Montez Ford. I like that. I'm going to I'm going to switch my answer to Montez Ford. <laughs> yeah, he's just great. I mean, I haven't been able to see too many things live, but when he was for the NXT UK taping dark matches, he just connected with everyone. He was feeding up the crowd so well. I went with Austin Theory at first cuz I feel like he has that look that, like, they look for. He's got some allegations, though. Well, Montez Ford also has that look, and, like, Mont- I think Montez Ford, though, he's not the next, like, Cena to me. He's, like, the next Shawn Michaels, and Shawn Michaels isn't wrestling anymore. Yeah. Do you think it could be Adam Cole? So, if you asked me this three years ago, I would have either told you Drew McIntyre or Adam Cole, and now I think it's neither. Uh, if you asked me two years ago, I would have said Johnny Gargano, and now I would say it's definitely not Johnny Johnny Gargano. Yeah, heel heel Johnny Gargano just doesn't work for me at all. This might be a hot take, and the guy's already pushing a little bit in age, but I think EC3 has a lot of potential. I agree, I agree. I think he might be the closest thing we see to John Cena on the main roster here in the next five to ten years. It's a shame he got released, though. What a dream match, though. EC3 versus John Cena? EC3 versus John Cena, I was really excited for, and now... They were teasing it, and then it didn't happen. He got he got released due to the due to COVID, so it's very possible they might bring him back. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's too expensive to keep him, but when they bring him back, it's going to be big. I think all those are good answers. Like, if the booking is right, the future can be very bright for WWE because the ratings are not so hot right now. No, it's an all-time low. They're not going to get any higher right now. They've got to make certain decisions. I mean, I, this is from an extremely biased standpoint. I just think they need if they bring in one NXT UK... NXT UK guy and give him a main roster spot. They'll get viewings here. Rob, it's not going to happen. <laughs> no, I think it will. Rob, I think Pete Dunne has a lot of potential on main roster right now. The moment the BT deal starts with WWE, Drew gets a massive push and he is so popular over here 
and he's definitely a ratings boost. I, I honest to God, think Pete Dunne's going to be a future world title holder. But here's my problem with Drew McIntyre. What the hell is his character now? His character was literally Anakin Skywalker, and it was really well done. <laughs> and now, like, he's like nothing. But, like, he's just... Yeah, he's an, he's Scottish and he's very happy to be there. And maybe that's a WWE problem where they have a lot of trouble booking a babyface. But like, man, Drew's just got no care. How do they have a hard time booking a babyface? As a writer, that's the easiest shit to write. <laughs> like he... that they're using Drew right now as a proxy for Roman, so they're booking him like they would be booking Roman during quarantine. That's my guess. It's very possible. Because I'm guessing that the the first big Drew match is going to be against Roman when they start having crowds again. Dude, I don't even know if they'll let Roman come back at this point. Vince was fucking mad. At the end of the day, I agree with what Rob was saying, and I think we should move on. This segue took a little too long. We got CM Punk against Booker T. It's Booker T. Three, two, Booker one. T. Punk. Booker T. What? I'm going to go with CM Punk here. I'll go with you, Jeff. Are you kidding me? Like, I love Booker T, but he's kind of a meme compared to CM Punk. Like, five-time, 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 five-time WCW champion, but that's the thing. WCW. He did win a world title as King Booker. I love me some King Booker, but but he never reached, like, the kind of hype that, that CM Punk reached, like... Because he didn't need to. But Booker T was, like, a main eventer for, like, twice in his entire, like... 20-year career and he had his time in the sun and he said i'm gonna be like a workhorse wrestler he wrestled every i got it i don't know i think you're making a mistake try to sell me on why cm punk has a lasting impact over someone like booker t because to me from a casual fan standpoint cm punk is someone who made a huge impact initially that's true did a really like dick move swerved the company and left we all kind of think he will eventually make a comeback and it's going to be really fucking disappointing when he does (laughs) Although he did go and wrestle for WCW and had big success there because he was their biggest name for a while, he's very much a company man. He very much cared about the brand, and he still does doing like commentary and shit now. Like he, he's someone who's a main staple in the same way that Triple H is. He just never really had like the character of the in ring down as much as someone like Triple H. CM Punk had like a three year period where he was important, and then that was it. But that's the thing is like it was a very like the three years were like. Like, of his prime was so good that it's been seven years since he left WWE and we're still talking about him. He's still getting chanted. There's no doubt who had the better story. I think when it comes to character, it's got to be CM Punk. And we haven't really talked about CM Punk on the mic. I think he's up there with like The Rock, John Cena, like some of the best on the mic. I don't know. How great is his in-ring capability? Because I feel like Booker T put on some great, great match. Like these two would put on a great match if they wrestled each other. I would love to have seen them in their prime. Yeah, together. I would love to see these two go head to head actually. I know Booker's retired. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, like these two would like put on like probably a five star match. <laughs> Actually, let's just have that match sorted out. That's how it'll sort the bracket. Book it, Vince. Vince still do the booking, you think? Or do you think he's so disconnected? Yeah, oh, absolutely. He's hunched over a fucking desk with a little legal pad. Like, there's a rumor that he's giving the the Raw creative team the Shane. I wouldn't doubt it, <laughs> judging by where Raw's. Raw is about to get mad homoerotic with Shane running it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if y'all notice when Shane does things, like when he's writing things, they're always kind of a little bit homoerotic. Like Raw Underground is like that, like skin on skin male Fight Club vibe. <laughs> I don't know. I think pro wrestling is kind of gay in general, though. Like, I'm all for that. So Booker T's moving on, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Please. Damn, we're in the Elite Eight already. This is insane. Yeah, this has been fun. It's We got Macho Man Randy Savage going up against Andre the Giant. Um, It's got to be Andre for me. I know you guys are probably going to disagree. I respect Macho Man heavily, but for me, Andre just is the guy. He is arguably my number one. We're going to be real honest here. I'm surprised in the first round I somehow got Macho Man Randy Savage to overtake Hulk Hogan. <laughs> that was shocking. I think this match is destined to be Hulk Hogan versus uh, Andre. And in that case, I would have said Hogan because of the longevity of the career albeit his impact wasn't as strong but in this case there's no way it's not Andre the Giant yeah it's gotta be Andre it's it's Macho Man for me I'm a little split I just feel like there's character there's there's wrestlers who have done the character that Macho Man did and was so popular for better but there's like I guess you could say maybe Big Show did the, the the Andre the Giant gimmick better like the a biggest wrestler or biggest athlete on the planet or whatever, like did that gimmick a little bit better, but that's one person. I think there's people that have done what macho man, Randy Savage did in like what the late eighties, Jeff Hardy, <laughs> even, even Jeff Hardy did the trailer trash aesthetic better. When did you get a trailer trash aesthetic from macho man? Dude, how do you not? How do you not? He's from Lima, Ohio. <laughs> he's he's season three of Trailer Park Boys. And Mikhail, I, I grew up in a trailer park. I can say this. WCW, NWO era Macho Man, and Spider-Man. Spider-Man Macho Man is definitely trailer trash. Bone soul. I'm going to agree. I think I think Andre, we're making the right call. Him moving on to the final four. Yep. We got Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. This is not easy. easy. Taker. No. What? 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 No, no, I was gonna say sean michael yep whoa, whoa, whoa oh my god you so confidently said easy but it's sean i disagree i listen i love sean not the biggest sean fan though i yeah hot take butcher has arrived it's it's a taker easily for me oh no this would have been rick flair versus austin for me personally and that would have been a lot harder so jeff real quick i want to know your mount rushmore of greatest wrestlers andre's on there i'm not even kidding first one is andre i absolutely love and respect the man yes He's the George Washington of the the wrestling Mount Washmore. For second, I would probably go Austin, honestly. He means a lot to the company and what he did. Third would probably be Cena. And lastly, is hard for me. I would I don't I don't know who my fourth would be. Wait, so the Undertaker isn't on it. Probably no Taker. Taker, thank you. You're telling me you'd rather watch a John Cena match than a Shawn Michaels match right now. Yes. Disgusting. When I think of uh, I'm bored, I wanna watch a match. I always think of a Michaels match because they're just, they're so consistent. They're so constantly great. You know, I mean, it's like he puts on great match after great match. How could you not? Jeff, do you find Shawn Michaels overrated? But possibly. I don't know. I, I think he is an incredible, incredible talent. Please do not think that I'm not thinking that he's an incredible talent. This is blasphemy. Arguably the slightest, slightest bit over. This is a heel turn, I think. <laughs> Listen, this is just like our Kanye tier list. I think Shawn Michaels is late registration. And I think, <laughs> and, and I think that Undertaker is my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. <laughs> late registration isn't that good. That is a really like... <laughs> Wait, you guys did a Kanye bracket episode and I wasn't on it? What the fuck? Dude, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> Kale is like the biggest Kanye fan I've ever met. <laughs> I, both of these men have had some of my favorite matches of all time, especially together. Yeah, definitely. If we dissect those WrestleMania matches between Sean and Taker, 
the man who I think is carrying that match slightly more is Shawn Michaels. Let's real quick bring up the Shawn Michaels retirement of Ric Flair. Yes, oh, that course. too. Yes. We didn't mention it when they were going head-to-head. That is the best story match in WWE history. I'm sorry. Shawn Michaels is the greatest performer and the greatest showman in the history of this brand. Hard agree. I think Undertaker's a great character, and I think that he's done a fantastic job as being this dynamic, consistent force on the show. But Shawn Michaels will put up the best match. He's going to come out of retirement again soon, and he's going to put up another great match soon, and I can't wait to see whatever that is. You think he's going to come out of retirement again? I guarantee you he's going to come out of retirement. I promise you, I've seen him train. That's true. Nate did predict the Saudi match. Oh, boy. Nate did. Nate was pretty woke on that, where he said, Shawn's coming out of retirement this year, and I said, bullshit, and then it happened. No, I was at the performance center and he was training with like the up-and-coming guys i was like no he's actually coming back <laughs> like I, I i signed an nda i shouldn't be saying it but it happened <laughs> you saw him and you said yeah i think Shawn michaels is gonna take saudi arabian royal blood money <laughs> i think a Shawn michaels aj match in san antonio at the rumble a couple years ago would have probably been my ideal Shawn michaels comeback match if he was gonna come back he was supposed to win the title and then he was gonna lose that elimination turning roman reigns into a heel and then coming back and retiring Shawn michaels that'd be such a heel move that'd be awesome that would be the best way to make the greatest wwe heel of all time that'd be so good retiring Shawn michaels and bro and the undertaker yeah that would be whoa I never thought of that. Okay, I'm sorry, but isn't Shawn, like, already, like, hella retired? But Shawn Michaels takes it over Undertaker. Can we please move on? Yep. Yeah. Well, that's getting cut. <laughs> we got, in my opinion, two of the greatest high flyers of all time. We got Jeff Hardy going up against Rey Mysterio. Okay, if it's not Rey Mysterio, you're wrong. Yeah, I, I, I'm going with Rey on this. I'm with Jeff. Yeah, I'm going for Rey. As much as I love Jeff Hardy, I do think Rey's better. Maybe it's because when I was getting into wrestling and for the majority of my time watching... I, I know it's Rey. My heart wants to say Jeff Hardy, but Rey has had such a massive, consistent career. Uh, yeah, I think Rey's got to move on here. I love how quickly Rey Mysterio made it to the final four. <laughs> like, I had to fight for him over Edge. Shout out to Jory, who really wanted Rey in the final four. We got... Randy Orton versus Booker T. How we looking, boys? Booker T. Randy Orton. I think if we're going, I think if we're going match for match, it's got to be Randy Orton. But I think Booker T is they, they fill the same kind of role. I just think Randy Orton has done it better for longer. Whereas I think, um, you know, Booker T when he was in the main event was was a big deal. But he was running SmackDown. Yes, he he really was. And but I think Randy Orton has been able to like hop in and out of the main event like perfectly and still been on the main roster and been. Consistent. Yeah, as much as I like Booker T, I just like when you compare him to the other guys that are going to be in this final four, I think it'd be no contest. I think we'd be looking at a much better discussion if Randy Orton's moving forward. I agree. Uh, I'll concede to that. It was inevitable. He was always going to get into the. This is such an interesting final four. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The only, the only non shock I feel like is either Andy or, or uh, not Andy, Andre or Sean. And the fact that this isn't our final matchup hurts. <laughs> Before we do any of that, I do want to have kind of like a mini portion. We have a lot of guests. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I'm just going to throw out. Just a question for each. Mikhail, I just want to like talk about your YouTube channel for a second. Like, just tell me about your the the name of the channel I can never pronounce correctly. The M2J2 project. Uh, it's 
Mike McHale, Jordan, and Jovan, the four of us make individual content occasionally, uh, and we also do group podcasts. We've had Josh on a couple times, right? Didn't we do Halloween 2018? We reviewed yeah. Halloween 2018 with Josh. Uh, there's a lot of other cool shit on the channel. I'm going to be posting my backyard wrestling match that was previously mentioned on here, and uh, there's a there's going to be a new video series for me coming in the fall. All kinds of movie review and movies. Yeah, music review. Uh, I gotta say, your guys' 2019 list was one of my favorite videos of last year. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I love that video. I like the second one more. Nobody really knew you guys well, and they're, like, looking at your takes. Like, what the fuck? I'm like, I know. I knew Javon pretty well. I, I had, like, briefly heard of you in passing. You knew that he had bad opinions? <laughs> like, his Midsummer and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood takes, like, hurt my brain. What can you say? The man hated Sorry to Bother You. Dude, what an idiot. What? Has Jovan been on here yet? No. No. Jeff, can you talk about Can you talk about the Chappelle stuff? I don't want to ask you if you can't talk. I can talk about it a little bit, yeah. Um, I am currently doing uh, security for Dave Chappelle. I uh, also have done graphic design work for the show. So now if you come to the shows, which I know are extremely hard to get tickets to. Yellow Springs, Ohio! <laughs> but uh, the graphics that you see loading in for the first like two hours of everyone coming into the venue is uh, mine. So I actually get to put on my resume that I did that now. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, working these shows have been incredible. Uh, I do other stuff, but that's kind of taking a backseat because I'm getting paid a lot of money to work right Right now and uh, i'm kind of liking that yeah no these spell shows have been incredible i mean i just uh i mean the amount of guests we've had i mean we had people all the way from david letterman to john stewart chris rock last week we've had some of the biggest staples of comedy come out to these shows and just to be a part of it's been incredible i think it's really awesome during like this whole <laughs> as mikhail dies oh yeah and best part about the job is i get covid tested for free every week i was about to bring up it is awesome that like during this time during this whole pandemic shit you're still like able to like get these jobs and like work with like talents it's cool that Chappelle and other comedians are doing this stuff yeah the fact that i'm lucky enough to be a part of it's just i i have no words for it it's my all-time favorite comedian and uh now i get to just casually say hi you know <laughs> now rob uh, i do have a question for you as well uh you've been probably our biggest supporter and biggest fan of me and josh making content together over the past uh three years now i've got to say what is your favorite uh thing we've published to the internet that will never go away no matter how much we want it to <laughs> oh god there's, there's so many moments from the uh, the course stuff Stuff. I absolutely like the whole like ladder of death thing you did. Wait, the what? <laughs> when uh, you attacked Josh with a ladder. Oh, oh when we shot yeah, the. Yeah, okay. yeah. Wait, you guys did a wrestling match too? It's just this whole like after like after the the match in 2K, Nate attacked me with a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> it, this whole like I've met loads of people, but I've become very good friends with because the whole cool thing. It's just this whole like goofy little simulated wrestling thing and then just transitions into this real kind of tragic small little filmed piece which i thought was really well done damn thank you thank you man it is it's my pleasure we had so many good memories on there and i'm glad like we're able to continue it on a different platform where it's i think it's a lot more interactive now where we're able to have you on and other people moving forward i mean i'm now such an evil heel within those streams i'm sure there's a tiny tiny part of the internet that legitimately hates me i had absolutely no idea rob was british until i heard him talk the man used to walk out in a kilt what are you talking about <laughs> repped my my forebears but no I, I did he's the only man on the call roster with better calves than me <laughs> i remember just saying jokingly in that 
Core chat. If I ever turn heel, I have to get rid of the kilt. Now I'm the most evil bastard on that show. It's gone. <laughs> That's hilarious. Not really at the moment. I'm mainly just focusing on uh, my uni stuff to do, writing a screenplay. Because of Rob and uh, his quest to watch more movies this year, which I believe you started before this whole pandemic thing. The the world circumstances made it easier. Rob kind of got me back into Letterboxd. So I, I, me and Josh and also Jorian Alden are all on Letterboxd right now. <laughs> I suppose that could be my plug. If you aren't on there already, definitely check out Rob's Letterboxd. I'll put links to all of them in the description, but uh, his is solid. But yeah, I, ha I have some... Uh... Very controversial takes because I'm the kind of guy. Oh hell yeah! That loves film so much I can't really bring myself to hate anything. I, I'm in there. I'm in the same boat as you. Yeah, you're also going out of your way though to watch movies that I feel like a lot of people our age would just like skip over. Like right now, like uh, last week you were watching the Planet of the Apes sequel. So the fact that you've like made an effort to watch like Beneath the uh, Planet of the Apes and watch the Battle of for the you Planet mean when Alden's gonna do when we rank the Planet of the Apes movies? <laughs> I mean, I, I will forever defend the uh, the scene with the squirrel. From battle that is hilarious it's so funny that that's like a massive plot point that a squirrel gets free from a cage it's amazing <laughs> dude there's no sci-fi like 70 sci-fi <laughs> all right boys but i want to thank you guys for being on here this has been a lot of fun we have a greatest wrestler of all time to determine final four Guys, this was not the final four I expected. Me neither. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm happy because I feel like there's going to be some debates here. We got oh, definitely. Andre the Giant against Shawn Michaels. Who are we going for? Jeff, I'm going to go get a beer. Tell the panel why why Andre the Giant is better than Shawn Michaels. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. Uh, the fact that you already knew what I was going to say. Because I, I really wanted to sneak an easy in there. Didn't have enough time. <laughs> okay, listen. Andre from Grenoble and the French Alps was one of the most influential people inside and outside of the ring ever in WWE as a superstar. This man dedicated almost his entire life and the end of his life especially to this company. Wrestling for so long, getting very little recognition, but still continuously carrying house show, carrying things that actually made wrestling what it was. If you ask any of your parents here that actually went to a show when they were younger, everyone will say either they did or didn't get to see Andre the Giant. Many people did because that man dedicated a lot of time to those small indie house shows that had just a couple hundred people. That man made wrestling what it is today and without him i do not see wrestling being what it is today if you ask my dad who the greatest of all time is he'd probably say bret hard and he's probably gonna be really pissed when i show him this bracket my dad would agree with my andre take so uh he's gonna I, mine came down to, to sean and bret interesting as much as i like andre the giant i think he's very important to the history of professional wrestling i can't look at you with a straight face and say andre the giant is a better wrestler than sean michaels can i use my veto <laughs> i can't say to you andre the giant is the greatest wrestler of all time and i can i could have a case for that for sean so you got i gotta go with yeah i'm gonna go with sean the disrespect to my man really want to go with sean here because i think sean michaels the heartbreak kid is one of the greatest wwe superstars and I'm pretty sure that's what this bracket is going to be named as a a sports entertainment superstar and as a, a wrestling superstar and doing all these small 
house shows and these tiny events, there was a lot of grind and a lot of effort put into Andre that is overlooked in today's world because wrestling was so so much smaller back then. But I think the one thing that makes WWE what it is is how accessible they make something that was once so niche. Um, obey, bitches. Uh, that's all I gotta say. Je- Jeff, what is Andre the Giant's best match? Because I can name like five or six Shawn Michaels matches that are greatest match of all time. Andre's greatest match, honestly, Steamboat. He had an incredible match with Steamboat. I feel like Andre's most famous match is him versus Hogan, and the match itself sucks. I mean, this is the match where they didn't know what the hell was going to happen until the match starts. So it's like... You can look at Hogan in his eyes. He's terrified because he has no idea if he's going to start beating the shit out of him. <laughs> if you look, like, there's that, that like, like visual three count that Andre gets. Oh yeah. He does get to three. Hogan is struggling because Andre just put his weight on. Like as if he wasn't gonna let him kick out. There'd be like stories like Hogan would say where like Andre would be drinking before the show and Ho- and Andre be like, Hogan could like come here and sit down with me and Hogan get drunk off his ass like before the show because he's drinking with Andre and of course Andre's completely fine. Yeah, you should get entire like packs at once, Andre. He was just it is a sad story of gigantism and the fact that he really had to live through all that shit yeah no it's it was tragic like how his life kind of deteriorated but i'm glad he made the final four i really am definitely deserves it i will say honorary my my winner personally why is jeff a total old head when it comes to wrestling but the biggest fucking zoomer on planet earth when it comes to kanye west (laughs) (laughs) this man said i got my start on life of pablo (laughs) bro okay you have to realize i listened to radio you christian radio until i was like 12 so there's a it didn't have jesus walks on there yeah where the hell was jesus walks bro you realize my first rap song i ever listened to was mercy Jesus. Mine was probably Country Grammar by Nelly. Mine was probably Land a Million Drums by Outkast. Uh, Atmosphere uh, from Tony Hawk Underground 2. Trying to find a balance. That was, I think that was my first hip-hop song I've ever heard. So up next, I think we have two very important wrestlers from our childhood. We got Rey Mysterio going up against Randy Orton. This is tough. This is actually tough. Personally, these two were in my final four which I didn't think would happen because I thought these were very much like the two that I really care for. And I'm very much, I didn't really ever watch wrestling until Jeff, when did you and me go to that raw taping? Oh, you and I went, I think that was, that was 2016, 2016. That was a good year. I didn't watch a single wrestling match until 2016, November, 2016. And even then it took till college for you to really get into it. Interesting. Cause I went to a SmackDown November of 2016. I wonder if we went, we were like the same week the episode when Undertaker showed up yes i was so mad (laughs) (laughs) yeah because we were just watching braun Strowman like suplex a christmas tree i still send that gift to nate every once in a while (laughs) (laughs) for me personally between Rey mysterio and randy orton i've got to give it to randy orton i've got to give it to randy just for the consistency alone yep but i think Rey mysterio i think between the two he's probably my favorite wrestler to watch like if you told me next week on on raw underground Rey mysterio is fighting some jobber or Randy Orton is fighting some jobber. I'd tune in if it was the Rey Mysterio one, but I wouldn't tune in if it was if it was Randy Orton on Raw Underground. I agree. If it's Shane's homoerotic Raw Underground, Randy Orton's probably showing up. It, it, uh, am I? Is that an odd take for me? No, it, it's very based. It's very very based. The man is just he has an 
are homoeroticism, and that's not bad. No, it's great. There's a lot of people who have have heteroeroticism. Shawn Michaels, somebody with heteroeroticism. Wait, Shawn? There's some homoeroticism that Shawn Michaels as well. Shawn <laughs> <laughs> in the '90s, bro. I don't know about that. <laughs> He's a sexy boy. Sexy boy. I'm not your boy toy. <laughs> I'm agreeing with Nate where I'm going with Randy Orton because I think Rey Mysterio has really entertaining matches, but Randy Orton has just been so consistent. And I think yeah. he's going to go down as one of the most underrated talents of this generation because of John Cena. He's just so massively underrated. Everybody talks so much shit on him when it comes to Randy Orton is just John Cena. If John Cena was still full time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And had a better moveset. That's the thing is, like, he's been here every single week for how many years, and he still had, like, one of the best matches this past year. At least once a year, you have attention on Randy Orton for something, and I think that's really admirable. And it's always really good as well. But uh, what does Jeff and Mikhail think? Mikhail, go ahead. I, I would go with Ray on this one, if I'm going to be honest. I was thinking that this was going to come down to Ray and Sean. I, I got to go with Randy. Now that I'm looking at it, as a pure, can I say that this wrestler is better than that wrestler? And it's, yes, Randy Orton is better than Rey Mysterio. I will be honest, uh, I did not predict this at all. This Final Four was even up in the air. But for me personally, if I'm talking about the best superstar, if I'm wanting to watch a match, Arguably, I would say Rey Mysterio has that edge personally. But if we're talking about the buildup and everything to these matches, Randy really kills it. Because of the RKO, I'm always invested in the matches because that can just happen at any moment. And that constant uh, knowledge that, that could come is really great for his matches, I think. That finisher is iconic. I mean, the memes from a couple of years ago were pretty great. The 619 is just as cool as the RKO. It's just not as, like, common to see. Like, if there's a match with Randy Orton and he's the underdog, you can assume there's going to be at least one, if not two, RKOs in that match. With, uh, with Rey Mysterio, it's like... You know, the 619 is, is kind of like an every three matches kind of move, not an everyday kind of kind of versatility. And we were talking very briefly earlier about like the acrobaticism of of Jeff Hardy and Rey Mysterio, like acrobatics in Rey Mysterio is just something to appreciate so much in the athleticism behind professional wrestling. So if we wrestled a match, you would be Rey Mysterio and I would be Randy Orton. No, you would you would be Jeff Hardy and I would be Rey Mysterio. Yeah, that makes sense. You would just casually jump off this ladder <laughs> and I would find a way to make it look good. Yeah, I'm just gonna be like, you see that giant thing over there? I'm gonna fall off it. Onto a la onto a table. You go through a table. That's kind of the thing with Rey Mysterio is uh, in terms of like raw athleticism, I can't really think of anyone in the 2000s onward that is more athletically gifted than him. I think there's maybe some guys in NXT or even some guys in TNA that might have like a run for their money in terms of like the sheer uh, physical capabilities. But I mean, dude, Rey Mysterio's jacked at like 48 years old. Hell, his son is wrestling with him now. Can we just acknowledge how crazy that is? Yeah, Dominic Mysterio is wrestling this Sunday at the time of this recording. And that's the thing, too, is Do is at some point, Rey Mysterio is one of those characters that could never go away because there could be a different wrestler under that mask. Like Tiger Mask, like, yeah. like So, so there's just, like, more Rey Mysterio. 
I like that. Interesting. You never really know if it's been the same dude the whole time. Like, that's kind of a gimmick they've played into. One thing that I, I do love about the the whole Mysterio lineage thing is, like, I read somewhere that Dominic's eventually going to become, like, Prince Mysterio and he's going to wear a mask of his own. So this, like, continuity between generations is really cool. And there's also uh, Ray Horace on the Indies, and he's the original Ray Mysterio's son, wrestling as, like, a different Ray Mysterio. But it's, like, the same... I don't know how Lucha Libre works, but I guess it's, like, the same character. I think there's no doubt here that Ray is the greatest wrestler to ever wear a mask. Son of a bitch. I just, I just persuaded myself that Rey Mysterio needs to beat Randy Orton here. Yeah, you've kind of swayed me also. Yeah, me too. Is Rey Mysterio making a comeback? Oh, by God. Is he setting up the 619? <laughs> My vote has officially changed. Rey Mysterio can take it over Randy Orton. I'm going to vote Rey also. Rey Mysterio got three votes. That man's in. Damn it. <laughs> Talk about a match I would love to see now. I mean, I know they're a little old, but... These guys had a match right after the night after Eddie Guerrero died. Eddie Guerrero died, yeah. And it was a fantastic match. Very touching moment. They, like, shook hands and hugged before, too. Go back and watch that match whenever you can. It's a great match. Uh, talking about, you know, the Eddie uh, impact on Rey Mysterio. So I rewatched the 2006 Royal Rumble today. And then, like, that whole... You know, the whole I'm doing it for Eddie thing is so powerful and so moving. And this fact that he's from the number two position... Fights his way to a victory. It's so cool. See, I find that storyline a tiny bit distasteful. The build up to it, I, the Rumble itself is very good. I've only seen it within the context of the Rumble itself. I didn't really watch much of the build up. So. Remember, like as a kid, though, like not. I just found out wrestling was fake at that time. I kind of thought Eddie Guerrero was going to come back. That's like the worst time to find out wrestling's fake. Wait, wait, wait. How did you find out wrestling was fake, Mikhail? Did your dad sit you down? My dad is a wrestler. and I know that. He had been showing me wrestling for a while. I said something to him, like asking him, like, how come he never went to Raw and beat a Stone Cold? He could have won the belt. My he said, because he never went to WWE, and I was like, well, what do you mean? He was like, well, it's not... He, like, explained it to me like you're telling a kid that Santa wasn't real. But it was, it was like, such a, like, a, like, a sad moment for me. It was very, it was very sad. But in, and then Eddie Guerrero died, like, right after. Jesus. So I thought that that was fake. Oh, no. And I thought, and because he had just been feuding with Rey Mysterio, I thought that Eddie was going to come back after WrestleMania and beat Rey for the belt. Oh, Oh my god. Oh no. Oh no. You don't bounce back from that. <laughs> That's a rough point. Thankfully, my parents from the. I just assumed that, like, he was like, oh, everybody's acting, it's a story. So I thought everything was fake. I am so happy that uh, from the very beginning, they're like, hey, uh, this is fake, but they can still get hurt. I'm like, cool, thank you. <laughs> Unfortunately, Miguel, I think there's a lot of kids in our generation that had that same exact experience. Maybe not with their dads sitting them down and giving them firsthand experience, but like that Eddie. Guerrero death in that arc in WWE and then like a few months later with the whole Chris Benoit thing I think that shifted the mindset of pro wrestling for like 
everyone that Josh was saying, like, is a Jeff Hardy stand. The whole story of SmackDown in 2005 was that Eddie was so desperate to re- to beat Ray that he was going to, like, fuck up Ray's life. He was going to take his son, Dominic. <laughs> Dominic custody thing is fucking hilarious. That is still one of my favorite storylines. Where the fuck was Nikki? When you ask Ray, when you ask Ray what his favorite match of all time is, he says Eddie versus him for Dominic's custody. I can just imagine Vince just sitting at a table just smoking a cigarette. Just, you know what would be really great? If we put his fucking kid up. That'd be awesome. <laughs> put his kid up on the rope and then just have to go get him like it's the briefcase. It's it's still it's still WWE canon that Dominic is Eddie Guerrero's son biologically. Yes. Yes. Bro, what if Dominic turned on Ray and wore the I'm your poppy shirt? Yo. Oh. <laughs> that might happen. That could be really based. The finals. Shawn Michaels versus Rey Mysterio. Jeff, why is Rey Mysterio better than Shawn Michaels? I no, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love the transition. I'm not even joking. If 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 Mr. Randall Keith himself was in this position, I was going to drop multiple easy bombs, but this is not. If I'm being honest, thinking about the best superstar of all time, it's not Rey in this situation. I'll be honest, it's not. I love Rey Mysterio. I, I really do cherish his work. He's not the number one for, I don't think any of us were in this situation. I don't think he's number one. I have to go Shawn Michaels here. Yeah. Yeah. Shawn Michaels. This is a very interesting final too, because I feel like these, these were probably two of the most fan favorites for all of us growing up. Yeah. I think both of these men have had some truly iconic matches. Shawn Michaels is just like the greatest workhorse of all time. He will make the man could have a match with a broom. And it'll be a four-star match. I mean, it's also like the, the whole, um, Sean was able to do so much cool stuff backstage. I mean, him and Triple H shipped off the Spirit Squad back to developmental. It was just all these, like... Wait, wait was that a good thing? That was awesome. You never saw them again. They were gone. <laughs> that sounds like a burial of young talent. <laughs> it is, but also... It was great. I always think that that's one of the funniest moments this been. Very entertaining moments, and also hilarious moments. He just... He was so great at doing that. Personally, for me, these are probably my two favorite wrestlers. Yeah, they're definitely both in my top five. I, I think Randy Orton probably would have a stronger case against Shawn Michaels. But really, when you look at it, Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio would be fighting the same fight of iconic matches or like S-tier matches. Like, if this bracket was not the greatest, the greatest superstar of all time and it was the greatest wrestling matches of all time. I think that Shawn Michaels would be appearing on that list multiple times. And Randy Orton would only be on there once, maybe twice. It's a very good point. And Rey Mysterio might get snubbed. So I think that's something that we kind of have to consider here is that Shawn Michaels had so much input, not only on ta- like in-ring talent, on mic talent. He also had a lot of say behind the scenes. In the same way that someone like Triple H or even Undertaker to an extent had. Here, all the stuff he's doing for NXT and NXT UK, there's this clear love he has for the the next generation and for finding the next big person. I think he's the guy right now who is looking for the next Shawn Michaels. Definitely. He definitely is. He was kind of grooming and mentoring Adam Cole a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Adam Cole was going to be the next heartbreak kid he was going to be the next Shawn michaels that was something that they tried to set up and it kind of i don't want to say it's failed because i think there's a lot of potential for undisputed era i just don't think there's a lot of potential for adam cole i think all, all of the new stuff 
uh, as well. It seems to be a move back to that. I mean, this this seemingly sort of a face turn seemingly coming to the Undisputed Era. I think that's another attempt to definitely make him the next Shawn Michaels. When we talk about character arcs and like gimmicks, like Sean blows Ray out of the water. Ray, yeah, I said he's had some great underdog gimmicks, but like that's it. The dude's the dude's been booked as an underdog. <laughs> since his inception yeah like this dude's been wrestling for over 20 years as an underdog and i'm a big fan of the david versus goliath matches i think if we're going to go like down to move sets i think Shawn michaels is the man who perfected the super kick that ray mysterio is the man who perfected the hurricane rana mm-hmm. yeah beyond that i don't really think that like move set wise they have a lot to offer i think I think that in terms of the athleticism and like the moves and the variety that we're going to see done in ring, that Rey Mysterio is way more dynamic. In terms of character and story and all the things that really matter in WWE, this isn't even really up for debate. And there's like two dozen reasons why Shawn Michaels should beat Rey Mysterio here. I think we're making the right call. And yep. is it a normie pick? Has it been done before? Yes, but like... It's better than picking Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm sorry. It's a... <laughs> Yeah. How about we do this since we all agreed Shawn Michaels is number one? How about we each say what our favorite Shawn Michaels match is? Personally, I think the first the first ever Hell in a Cell match between him and Undertaker is probably my personal favorite. I just love that match from beginning to end with the debut of Kane and Shawn as like that tricky heel getting the win at the end. I I love it. For me, it's that twenty five match with Taker. That thing was incredible. I love that match. I got to go with either uh, the ladder match with Razor Ramon from SummerSlam 1995. Such a such good ring gear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Or the last man standing match with Stone Cold at King of the Ring 1996. That's slept on. Very underrated. That is a super underrated match. There's a, there's a, there's a really bad, embarrassing fan run in, so they don't like to feature it. A special needs fan gets over the guardrail. It, it, yeah, it's, it's mad awkward. I, I watched that match like three or four weeks ago on YouTube. It's, it's like, it's kind of, it's not funny that it happened, but the handling of it, like how badly and how long it took them to get a hold of it. Yes, it's hilarious. <laughs> There's one part where Sean tries to help the kid back up and Stone Cold starts beating him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a slept on Shawn Michaels match and I know they don't feature it because it has that weird in it and i've got to watch it my favorite's got to be michaels versus rick flair retirement match i'm a hundred percent with rob that story that build the way sean can't bring himself the pin flair despite the fact flair's like kicked him in the balls and punched him in the balls multiple times there's just this whole like i can't bring myself to be the man that retires rick flair and that when he eventually does it you know it's the whole sorry i love you thing it's just it's so i i watched I watched that live as a kid. It's still in my head. I think at the time, if that was, that was 2008, right? Yes. 2008, and I can still remember that 12 years later, right in my head. Uh, WrestleMania 25 and 26 matches with Undertaker are great. I also think that Hell in a Cell match that, that introduced Kane and, and it was the first, I believe that was the first Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, it was. <laughs> is also a fucking incredible match. I think Mikhail brought some like sleeper hits to the table there in terms of matches that are often forgotten. And a match I'm going to watch now. Yeah, matches that need to be looked up if you haven't seen them or they're not ringing a bell for you. But I, I 100% agree because Ric Flair is a guy that could have very well made the final four of this this bracket for us. And the fact that he laid this guy down in a textbook way, if they're going to retire anyone else in this in out of these like three that are still wrestling in the final four, that is the textbook match to follow. I mean, it's just also big for me the way uh, Sean doesn't celebrate. He just leaps. God, you know, 
he's done what he had to. And the, that, as well as a kid, it's like, holy shit, that doesn't happen, you know? But his character and persona in Ring is so genuine and humble. He's probably one of the greatest baby faces the company's ever had. Yes, definitely. But has had some of the best heel arcs as well. His whole arc, personally, is kind of wild. Like, he breaks his back. We think he's retired. He'll never wrestle again. And this is in, like, what, 1997? He finds God, uh, comes back, has an amazing feud with Triple H that really put Triple H on the match. This man had a Kanye arc. <laughs> he did. And uh, the second part of his match in the 2000s, you could say is even better than his 90s era because he had some of the greatest matches of all time. Agreed so much. Out of... Well, we can forget about that DX reunion. That was rough. Bro, the Kurt Angle match, the... the... They, went, they had an Iron Man match on Raw after the WrestleMania match. Yeah, him versus Cena in London. I'm surprised Rob didn't bring that up. I should have. That's one of the greatest Raw matches of all time. That should have been for the title. The fact that they didn't, they didn't put the title on Sean in London against Cena, I thought it was really odd. One guy UK crowd loves, one they absolutely despise, you have magic. I mean, you look at Zach Gibson matches, we're telling them to like, fuck off and get out of the ring. Rob, what is your club, by the way? Football. I don't like football. Rob's based. I think that's what, another thing you really got to think of too, though, is both of these guys are kind of like, if we were to make this this bracket entirely based on the amount of victories they've had or the amount of belts they've had, neither one of these guys would be in the final four. No. Sean is a guy who's never really carried a lot of belts. He's had a couple, what, it, uh, a couple mid-card belts and he's been the, the universal champion once. He was WWE champion, I want to say a couple of times, because like you get that that he won it against Brett, and then you get that iconic line, the boyhood dream has come true. Come true. That match is overrated as fuck. I know we're talking... It's just boring. That match low-key sucks. <laughs> like, they don't pin each other for an hour, and then they go into overtime, and I'm like, are you kidding me? This is like a really bad hockey game. <laughs> I think he has the most match of the year wins um, from Pro Wrestling Illustrated than anybody else. That would make sense. An incredible amount. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten match of the years. Wow. <laughs> and Ray, Ray Mysterio might have one or two. Ray versus Kurt Angle at SummerSlam as the opening match, I remember, was very Kino. That was the best match I think Kurt Angle's ever been. And it was the first match of the night. <laughs> Plus, Ray only has one Royal Rumble. Uh, our boy has two. Or the WWF, World Heavyweight once. Intercontinental three time, European one time, tag team one time, and uh Do you guys remember that time Vince McMahon won the Royal Rumble from the number two position? Oh my god. <laughs> Everybody praises the Attitude Era, but that is by far the worst Royal Rumble of all time, and that was in like the peak of the Attitude Era. Dude, the Attitude Era WrestleManias, some of them Loki are so bad. That's what was so great about the Attitude Era though, is it sucked in like hindsight and it sucked in the long run, but on a week to week if you're going to watch Raw or SmackDown, it's the best television's ever been in terms of pro wrestling. You never knew what crazy shit was going to happen. You didn't know if Mick Foley was going to kill himself. Like, I know he gets a lot of shit, but like Vince Russo treated WWE like it was a television show. Oh, it definitely. Didn't, he, didn't, he didn't book it to the pay-per-view. And I think that's why ratings were so well. But like the whole like WCW versus WWE thing. And they're both trying to outdo, outdo each other constantly. This craziest thing they can possibly do. These moments where WCW has Goldberg, possibly their biggest star at the moment, lose after getting tased. Wasn't that at Starcade? Yeah, which is like the WrestleMania of WCW. And the man just got a cattle brought in the back. And they're like, well, that's a redeeming story, Eric. Think of Poker Doom, Hogan's champion again. It's like, well, what was the whole 
streak four. It's like a greatest WCW wrestler bracket would be really fucking weird. Booker, Booker T would would make it to the finals probably. Booker T and, and Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah, those are the two. Yeah. Sting. Are we forgetting about Sting? Yeah, shit. Sting in WCW, dear God. I And Ric Flair? You remember when he just kind of started showing up in WWE, but it was like, not. Nah, oh, God, that was a rough time. This was a lot of fun, guys. I think we made the right decision with Shawn Michaels being the greatest WWE superstar of all time. Nate, do you still want to do the outro? <laughs> You're the host of this episode. I'm a co-host. Thank you for listening to Duel of the Takes. Please follow us on Spotify, Apple, or however you listen to podcasts on your phones. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And I want to thank Rob, Mikhail, and Jeff for joining us for this very unique uh, panel. Hopefully we captured a new niche audience here. Yes, took the words out of my mouth. Jory and Alden, if you're listening, uh, you're fired. Um, this is the new panel now. Je Jeff and Mikhail are replacing you guys. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with that. But uh, thank you guys for watching and listening. We'll see you next week where... What are we doing next week? Nickelodeon. Oh, that'll be so the Nickelodeon? All right, we're ranking all the Nickelodeon movies. No, we're not. We're doing a top 10 of Nickelodeon theatrically released movies. That's like 32 movies. You do not want to do that. We are doing the top 10 Nickelodeon movies next week. Uh, back to films, because it's been two weeks at this point. So it'll be fun to talk about movies again. It was cool to talk about Lego games and wrestling. Two things very close to Josh's heart. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Duel of the Takes. If you haven't already, check out the Duel of the Takes YouTube channel, where we have highlights of every episode, bonus lists, and hot takes, as well as comedy sketches and more. Also, give us a follow on Instagram. We do interactive stories, daily movie and pop culture memes, and more. Also, if you want to be a part of the discussion, check out our Duel of the Takes Discord channel for movie debates, hot takes, gaming moments, and more. Next week, we are playing a game of Kill, Fuck, or Marry with Cartoon Network's original programming. And as always, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.